With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me ask you this. Do you like beer? Let me ask you this. Do you like free? I've asked those questions in the wrong order for a reason. Because my third question I've kept until now. Do you like free beer? As a valued listener, we'd like to bestow upon you just that. Free beer. Thanks to our good pals at beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight delicious and painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is this. Go to www.beer52.com forward slash West Ham and cover just the postage of £4.95. And as if that wasn't enough, as a listener to the Stop Hammer Time podcast, you'll get two extra free beers. So... That's ten free beers, if you've been paying attention. Beer 52 are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise, then, that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 delivers a case with a different theme. Themes have included German, Korea, Belgium, South Africa, California... New Zealand, and many more. But they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is that you can leave any time. The power is in your hands, as well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy. Your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you'll receive, and a beery snack is thrown in just to top it all off. You don't like dark beers? Who cares? Choose the light plan. Easy. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash West Ham to get your case free. And don't forget, right now, the Stop Hammer Time podcast listeners will get two extra free beers. I thank you. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. Lockdown! 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 
This is our second Stop Hammer Time uh, from uh, our own homes, isolated and alone, three of us, simply by the power of Skype. Uh, pretend to be three people in the same room chatting. But in fact, we're in separate, uh, isolated, cryogenic chambers waiting for civilization to begin again in six months to a year. Joining me in this uh, enterprise are, as usual, Jim Grant. Hello, Jim. Good, good evening. Still alive? Uh, yes. Yeah. Wash your hands. I, I have done a lot. Right. Good. Are they washed now? Uh, yes. Scrubbed. Good. 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 Also joining us in our in our season of gyms is a season of gyms <laughs> alone and trapped in their homes with just. 600 rolls of toilet paper and one pint of milk uh, and a, 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 a wine box full of absinthe. Uh, last week we had Jim Dolan. This week it is uh, possibly the world's greatest sports journalist. He was uh, <laughs> editor of uh, the Daily Telegraph Sport. Sport. He was. Um, he was. Uh, um, I, I've. I've. Uh, <clears throat> I've got a job right? Phil. You've got a job I've gone slightly mad due to yeah. my isolation. It's very kind of you to for the build-up. It was actually the Sunday Times, but I'm, I'm sure, Time. I'm sure neither title gives a yeah. monkeys these days. Um, right. uh, and can I say what a, what a marvellous time it is to be a freelance sports journalist? <laughs> yes. Money, money to be made at every turn right now. Yeah. Locked indoors, <laughs> staring yes. at what used to be Sky Sports. <laughs> you are, of course, Jim Monroe. Hello, Jim. Uh, I am. Yes. Well done. Thank you. Now, very much. I've, this this well new age, you. this new post-apocalyptic age, um, has been represented no better than the fact that I have just done a pub quiz through Skype. Wow. The pub quiz, the pub quiz questionnaire, questionnaire, uh, quiz master, uh, sent by WhatsApp the questions, including the photo rounds, to each team and each. Team then contacted each other by Skype and worked their way uh, pragmatically through the questions and then submitted the answers back through WhatsApp and we hear the results tomorrow. Very good. How, how, how on earth can he prevent cheating? Well, Jim, that's a very cynical point of view. <laughs> it's a as question a journalist, any good journalist, would ask. Well, as a journalist, a journalist, Jim, that did once work for Rupert Murdoch's operation... <laughs> Might might see that in others there might be the the temptation to cheat, <laughs> cheat or hack as as I think oh, uh, that's Rebecca Brooks calls it as Rebecca yes. Brooks might call it. But um, uh, no, there was no cheat. There was no cheating. There was simply oh. brain down. We feel we might, we feel we might have got all of the questions right, and it was very complicated. Uh, and the first uh, half, a toilet a toilet roll to the winners. Uh, well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Uh, but the, the, the sheer fight over Skype uh, to win that toilet roll between a team would be terrible. Um, I think we used to just carelessly throw them onto football grounds. Exactly. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. We'd, you know, if we'd have known that, you know... Yeah, an episode of Doctor Who could be yeah. about the Doctor travelling back in time to football matches in the <laughs> 40s and 50s. Um, and solving a problem that exists in 2020. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Now, uh, talking of looking back in time, uh, as as we all know, there's no football at the moment. And um, but for you, Jim, a man who lives in the past, a man who dresses in tweed, 
24 hours a day, including in bed and in yeah. the bath. <laughs> yeah. You have well, found a way to... The pants can be pretty itchy as well, I can tell you. They are. Oh, the old tweed condoms they wore in the... <laughs> In the late in the late eighteen hundreds, uh, those were extraordinary. Oh, yes. Um, now, Jim, you you have found a way to talk about a football match. To talk about a football match uh, somewhere around uh, March the twenty third, which is what the date is today, but not yes. this year because there are no football matches currently at the moment. What have you unearthed, Jim? Well, well, uh, very kind as as uh, uh, Jim uh, pointed out, uh, the the club is putting up, you know, puts up these on this day video clips on the uh, club website. Uh-huh. The one on this day is the the twenty third of March, uh, nineteen ninety six. We beat Manchester City four goals to two with a uh, an absolute uh, screamer from uh, from from Julian Dix. Ah, um, yes. Uh, so, um, and I, I sort of, I thought, well, I just have a little grope around in my program collection, see if I've got the program. I can't find the program for that game, but I've got the program for the beginning of that season, which was obviously the ninety-five, ninety-six season. And it, you know, just some sort of talking about it. so that game itself. I don't know if you can remember it. Um, included two goals from uh, two headed goals from Ian Dowie. Ah. We went two nil up. He got one and a half. Uh, McClosco saved a not particularly good penalty from Keith Curl, mm-hmm. um, and then um, and then City pulled one back. Quinn, Quinn scored twice for them, and mm-hmm. McClosco made a horrendous goalkeeping. He just like kind of inexplicably just dropped the ball at his feet, and and Quinn just walked up to him and kicked it in. I don't know if you remember that. Um, no. I can't remember if that was the goal that got them back into the game or whether it was their very, very late uh, consolation. And then um, mm-hmm. and then we scored two more, one of which was this was a fantastic, fantastic uh, um, strike from Diggs, very sort of characteristic, but brilliantly picked out and set up by Michael Hughes. Uh, yeah. He got mm-hmm. on the edge of the box and kind of seized it. Manchester City player. Yeah, and, and sort of passes the ball back and across, you know, f- uh, apparently for, for no reason. But he's seen, like, differently. Oh, right, right. Up the pitch. Yes, yes, I remember that, yeah. 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 yeah, and he just kind of smashed it in. And then uh, we got a fourth. home game. Sorry, that was a home game, was it? It right. was a home game. Yeah, yeah it was a home yes, game. Yes, I remember that. Yes, I was there. I remember, that's, yeah, I remember yeah, that. And, and we got a fourth, uh, courtesy of, um, of matinee idol Danny. <laughs> Do not make the keeper. Uh, oh, so he was in a minute. Yeah. God, was he in the ninety five ninety six team? God. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have yeah. seen him. I would have thought of him as earlier than that. Uh, well, no, no he was. He was only that about was twenty odd then, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. He had, yes. He had yes. Long, um, he scored the goal against Tottenham. He scored the winner at yeah. Tottenham. Oh, that was great, wasn't he it? That yeah. set us on a little run of. We won five in a row in January, including beating God. Chelsea 3 2. Um, yeah. So, um, well, Dix's form that season uh, propelled him into contention for England's yeah, Euro 96 team. He was fantastic that season. Uh, he has been, as, as was Hughes. As was Michael Hughes. Yeah. Yes. I wonder when we bought him. Uh, well, we had him the season before because, right. because that, that was the season where. It must have been the season before that he scored. What was it that season? When did we play Man United and frustrate them at the end of the season? Was it that season or was it the one before? I think it was the one before. Well, we, did, 
We did it a couple of times. I think we did it in like 91 or 92, didn't we? There's one where you sort of scored a beautiful kind of side foot volley from the edge of the area. Uh, um, anyway, was and that... Played a blinder. No, was that 95, 96? It might have been, actually. Because <laughs> did, that didn't, was, we, that didn't was, we have that him on loan for a bit and then he signed on a permanent? Oh, I thought we bought him. No, I thought we had yeah, him on loan for a few months and then... From oh, um, Strasbourg. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there were a few kind of good talking points for that season. Um, the team on is that, that the game is that the game you're you've brought to the table to discuss, Jim? Yes. Ah, oh, right, right, it right. It is. It is the team. Team. Uh, McClosco. Yes. Breaker, mm-hmm. Dix, Billich and Reaper, who'd formed a very good partnership in central defence. Yeah. Mm. Uh, in midfield, Bishop. Hughes, Williamson, uh, and yeah. Roland played. So I think he must have played on the left. Well, I don't know. He must. Have, well, I don't know where he played. He must have played in midfield. Um, Dumitrescu started that game. Wow. Uh, and Danny came on for him, and, and Ian Dowie, of course. So that was the team. Yeah. Uh, good back four. Yeah, I remember Slavin Bilic. I remember Slavin Bilic at the time. Uh, it was the days before the wonders of the internet uh, and even club information, club websites just weren't around. Uh, you had to rely on club call for any kind of information. That was always a week old. And Slavin Bilic got injured during that season. And at the time, I wrote the column in the club programme. And the amount of phone calls we were getting during the week um, got to such a ridiculous level that the sports editor got so fed up with it, he started answering the phone uh, Slavin Bilic hotline. Because it was like <laughs> every, every other phone call was, is there any update on Slavin Bilic at West Ham? <laughs> <laughs> well, we had injury well, problems, I think, that season generally, though, didn't we? It yeah, yeah. It was a kind of, it was one of those, we're down to the bare bones sort of seasons. Classic I think. Harry. Yeah. Classic you know, Harry. Hutchison played much, did he? He was into most of that season. Who? Did, Don Hutchison. Don Hutchison. Did, yeah. did, you have a, did you actually have a report from that game, uh, Jim? Did, uh, did Steve Lomas get sent off for Man City that yes, day? Yes, he did. He did. Because he joined us, didn't he, obviously, afterwards. Um, the following season, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> obviously uh, impressed by his commitment to the course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, he did. He did. He did get sent off, yeah. They uh, might have been um, was, on that. Yeah, no, I, I can't remember much about it. I don't think it was no. like, well, dramatic. You know, it was just him I, being... I think, being... I think they... they uh, I seem to think, from my memory, which is probably completely wrong, he got sent off and then they scored because we were, like, coasting at 2-0. I yes. might have got that wrong. We might have been... It might have been 3-1. Can, can you remember whether that was the catastrophic... It was one of the worst... It was one of the most ridiculous goalkeeping areas I, I, I can remember, actually. Yeah. I think it was the I think it was the very late goal. I didn't think it in the end it mattered. I suspect. Yeah. But I can't remember which way round they were, but Quinn scored them both. Yeah. In the away game uh, that season against City, which we lost two one, um, that was the game when uh, Neil Finn played. Oh God! Uh, yeah, the youngster. Yeah. Young. Yeah, you know, he was the youngest keeper to have. I think it was seventeen. Hmm. Um, uh, it was an odd oddity of the season, anyways. I've got the uh, the program of the opening day uh, in which we played Leeds um, and went one nil up, courtesy of Danny Williamson, and then Tony Yeboah scored twice for them. Um, uh, who's on the front cover? Guess. 
Um, so when are we talking here, Jim? Ninety this ninety five ninety six or five? Yeah. So the high profile signing gets gets put on the front cover, right? right. Simon cover. Webster. No, no, worse, worse. Really? Um, Richard Hall. Worse. Joey Beecham. No, worse. that's. A... I think probably even worse. Oh, what about um? Oh God, what was his name? Ridiculous surname. Uh, not worth what his first name was. Got it. Florin Radachoy. No. You say no. <laughs> After all that, yeah. Oh, oh God, didn't we no. get? Oh, I'll shut up now. I'll give He's... up. He's pictured on the front cover running along um, with his sort of fists clenched, which now now looks, with the benefit of hindsight, does look a bit odd. Uh, looking like a kind of a young Klaus Kinski in a West Ham shirt. Right. Young Marco Boogers is on there. Oh, right. Really? Marco Boogers. Wow. God, I yeah. thought he was earlier too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So within 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 days of that program uh, coming to my, he had he had uh, nearly uh, cut Neville in half. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Classes. That was about I think it. I've got that program because I I I, te- I I only buy three programs a year: one at the beginning of the season, one in the middle, and one at the end, just to, for the stats, really, rather than the dripping yeah. content. Um, That's a very sensible strategy. I wish I'd done that. I'm sure yeah. you're about to say the same thing, Jim, but I've got box load upon yeah, box. I've just moved the house recently. I've, nice. I've, it, it took a lot of negotiating skill to keep a lot of those, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they are now consuming about uh, yeah. half of a bedroom. So, yeah. yeah. Well, That's I, one I, of the things I remember about that City game is uh, was yeah. um, Hughes setting off on the right flank with the ball and then sort of almost inexplicably stopping. And I remember yelling, keep going, but he uh, just crossed it quite a long way for 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 a Julian Dix running yeah. from very deep who doesn't even break his stride and just <laughs> whacks it straight into the goal from, it, like, you know, 25 yards or something. Yeah, no, it, you know, I'm sure that. I've romanticised that goal in my memory. But, but it yeah. was um, – what I remember no. thinking was, what are you doing? Keep going. <laughs> he stopped. He stopped his run and then just gently rolled it across the pitch to this express train of a Julian Dix running from deep. It, the, uh, and it was a fantastic goal. It's a great pass because it's a great piece of vision to see him in, in this, all that space in front of Dix. So, yeah, yeah he gets up and sees him. Um, and uh, you're right. It's absolutely, you described it perfectly. And, and uh, it, it's at least, it's a full 25, if not 30. Yeah, right yeah. And, and he had that fantastic. The keeper um, doesn't stop. move. The keeper didn't yeah, yeah. move. Like yeah. one of those, how rarely do you see a goal from that far out in which the keeper just watches it go past him? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just, it's just. A, I don't think he was expecting it. It's, but it was. it's just. I mean, he, absolutely. He had this extraordinary knack uh, of putting somehow top spin on it, so that he. He whacked it, but it never rose above sort of chest level and went straight into the net, despite covering, you know, 25 yards or something. There's In one of those YouTube clips of, uh, you know, The Terminator or whatever, there's one he scores against Wolves, and it's exactly like that. He wellies it, but it doesn't kind of go up and down, up or down. 
it sort of it just leaves his boot and travels into the goal only about two feet higher than where it left his foot, you know. And yeah. uh, to be able to keep it down, you must be putting something on top of it, to, you know, it's like kind of top spin or something to yeah. keep it low, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go on, Jim. I was just going to say, we've not had too many people over the years who've been able to do that. Mark Ward springs to mind, but yes. that, that, that kind of accuracy and uh, and strength and speed from distance is, is something we've not really seen an awful lot of over the years. Lampard's no, no, pretty good. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going back in time to find... I was going to say, I could, I could bring out Clyde Best if we're going to go that far <laughs> yeah, back. But, um, <laughs> but also, there were players, you know, like players that... Um, you know, talking about Pablo Fornals and sort of taking a bit of time to settle and uh, wondering whether Anderson will ever settle. Michael Hughes came into the team, and I remember us going, um, you know, there's this guy, uh, he's from Strasbourg. He's English, but he plays for Strasbourg. Uh, he used to play for Manchester City. He's playing on the right today. First time we'd ever seen him, and he was fantastic, you know, mm. straight from out the gate. No settling in period. No, oh, he's got to adjust to the pace of the game. You know, he he struck us as a fantastic player from his first game to his last game for us. It was an extraordinary player, Michael Hughes, I thought. Yeah, he was mm. terrific. Really terrific. Very, very good. Yeah. And, and players didn't seem to need to settle in. Like Trevor Sinclair, you know, he scored two on his debut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Harry just went, let's get that bloke with the dreadlocks. You know, that bloke who scored the overhead for QPR. They've gone down. They're in the next flight down now. Let's get him. He'll probably only be, you know, 750,000 or something. Bought yeah. that guy. And he was that guy. He was exactly the guy with the dreadlocks, but without dreadlocks. He played like that guy. He was that guy. He didn't have to settle in. He was a fantastic player straight from the word go. He was mm. really good. I suppose you could, I suppose the argument would be, you know, that both he and Hughes knew what English football was all about, the kind of sort of cut and thrust of it and the pace, where yeah. some players coming from a Spanish league, which more technical leagues, you know, struggle to adjust initially to the kind of just the sheer intensity of it all. Um, I yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so, but it seems like... Seems like you know, in 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 the olden days, you could just get them. You know, they'd arrive straight out of the box, footballers, and what they did, yeah. you for they came and they just did it from you know yeah. the moment they arrived. Well, back um, of any, and not even in the position he was starting to play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bought to be a wide player, played up front. You know, straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a. That almost led him off the leash, didn't it? Having a more well, attacking role, you know. He was like a hidden weapon, wasn't he? Because there was no TV coverage for the first half of that season, I remember. Uh, yeah. I, we went That's up right. to see West Ham were playing Cambridge in a pre-season friendly. And they said, now coming on as a sub for West Ham, he said something like Frank McKeveney. We obviously <laughs> got it completely wrong. We're like, oh, who's this? Oh, it's this midfielder we've got from Scotland that I think in about three or four minutes, he'd beaten two people and curled it in the top corner. And we were like, yeah. boy, hang on a minute. <laughs> Who's this? What was his name again? Oh, Frank McAvoy, something or other, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dix, well, Dix um, just going back to Dix briefly that season, uh, scored 11 goals that season. Yeah. From left back. Left I mean, back. He was the penalty taker, but even so, there were a couple of those, I think there were a few more of those... Uh, Long-range efforts went in. 
Uh, he's, you know, he, he's one of the he's one of the best footballers I feel I've ever seen. You know, he you know could, he would change a game from the left back position. He would influence again. You know, again, I'm talking, talking about you, Felipe Anderson. You know, it's like this, he was a player that if we went one or two down, would go right. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to accept this. This is just ridiculous. I'm going to do something about this game and would change the football match from the left back position. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. His, his his influence on the whole game was extraordinary. We, you know, when we got him, he was young, wasn't he? he was, you know, we 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 had him for a while because obviously he went away and came back, but. Um, you know, he was sort of a, he was pretty young when we got him, and uh, and had that swagger straight from when he started playing yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's an extraordinary player, I think. You know, so that is our game from uh, this this uh, from our closest to March the twenty third we can find to to talk about. So um, we'll uh, we'll come back after this message. I'm Josh Schneider-Weiler. And I'm John McKenzie. We know that the football news cycle never slows down. But sometimes, don't you wish it did? On the Football Today podcast, we give you in-depth analysis of the most interesting stories from around the world of football. And hear from the most knowledgeable journalists in the game. You can listen to each episode in the time it takes for a single commute. So join us now and subscribe to Football Today wherever you get your podcasts. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Yes, football today. Football today. Uh, get online and uh, discover the podcast football today because uh, in this time of uh, isolation and social distancing, we uh, have to spend time with um, uh, the internet. Uh, whether it be porn or no, just porn, just porn. Uh, we have to spend time on our own and socially isolated. And so porn is. Um, well, there are, you know, there are. There's BBC News, for example, uh, the BBC News website, and uh, iTunes and porn. So, so do do um, watch football to listen to football today. Uh, perhaps while <laughs> perhaps while you're looking at porn. I don't know. I don't know if that would work as a combination. I listen to This American Life, the the uh, the American oh, right. um, topical podcast that covers a range of uh, subjects uh, treated in various ways throughout an episode while I'm uh, looking at porn. Uh, so so do, do be like me, be more like me. What would Phil do? Say to yourselves, what would Phil do? So um, in lieu of um, 
any current football to talk about. Um, I thought we could do this. Uh, let us have a brief discussion on uh, a couple of different subjects, uh, one of which, and we, we've decided this earlier uh, because we haven't got anything to do because of socially isolating ourselves. Um, uh, I thought we would discuss a series of subjects. Now, I'm going to start the ball rolling with two uh, topics of discussion for you, Jims, to discuss. Yeah. Amongst Are you ready? Are you ready yeah, to discuss these things? Yeah, okay, first one, bit, is this. Yeah. first one is this. Which was our best loanee? Yeah. Which was our best loanee? Uh, yeah, I, the pool there is not very big to choose no. from, I don't think. Um, I have no. to say... I have to say, da, 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 Emmanuel Lemony, no, Andy Carroll um, <laughs> has got to be up there, certainly for me. Well, there's the ones we eventually bought as well. I, I wonder, well, I mean, I just that, wonder him, if there's someone who, who, who kind of, um, you know, came into the fold and then disappeared into the night. Danny is a, is a, is well, Danny is Danny's an interesting shout there, isn't he? Yeah, I hadn't thought about him until until sort of um, looking at that, that yeah. season. Um, I, I think Jim's right. We, we've not actually done particularly well with uh, loan signings, have we, over the years? Uh, and some of them in recent times have been spectacularly dreadful. Yes, but I've yes. Got, um, my, my kind of shortlist of just, just you know, off the top of my head, um, although he wasn't much liked, uh, David Speedy was quite instrumental in that run-in when we got, Promoted. Yeah, promotion he, season, yeah. He was kind of, yeah. as it were, value for money as a loanee. We needed bolstering, um, didn't we? Yeah. And he got a couple of really important, I mean, he missed some sitters, but he got yeah. some quite important goals in those last few games. In so, that run, yeah. Did, didn't he tap he's, he's one in the in that final game? I seem to remember he's virtually on the line tapping one in. Cambridge and then, United one. Yeah, Cambridge and looked, yeah. looked, looked sort of big yeah. grin on his face as everyone went bonkers around him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him or was that Clive Allen? I can't remember. I think it was Speedy who tapped it, it in, wasn't it? They might have got one each in that game. I thought, yeah, yeah, it was 2 0, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, was Morley. So then was Speedy brought in because Morley was injured then? Must have been. Yes. We must have been struggling. Um, when, when was the infamous incident? Yeah, that wasn't because he'd been stabbed, was it? Yeah, that's what was that, I was that's saying a, in a more subtle way, Jim. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, no. Speedy, Speedy was yeah. He 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 missed a trio of sitters, and the fans, you know, he'd also played for Chelsea, and I think the fans were not fond of him. Well, uh, he was a, a sort of horrible little Scotsman in many ways, wasn't he? I mean, you know, we, we, Jim, what? He, Jim, he wasn't a, what did you do last week on the podcast? Oh, it was, was it was Liverpool, wasn't it? It was no, Liverpool. Well, well oh, it, was just, it was not very. It was not much liked. You know, he was a kind of a. You know, he didn't have a an attractive persona. Put it that way. Now you're trapped in your oh, home. I'm <laughs> very Brexit. <laughs> the Liverpudlians, the Scots. Are I, all think the he's, <laughs> I think his uh, Chelsea heritage may have had a lot to do with that, Jim. All right. That's what I said, Jim. That's what <laughs> yeah. I said, Jim. Yeah. Jim thought it was more his Scottishness. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! How much absinthe are you storing at your? <laughs> oh, I stockpiled. <laughs> Very early doors. 
stop <laughs> Bloody yeah. hell, that is just yeah. terrible. In, in more uh, recent history, sorry, more recent history, I've, I've quite liked Jao Mario from Inter, who we got in uh, yeah, uh, last season. I wouldn't have minded seeing him come back to us, but um, no. sadly that never came to pass. No, you, um, uh, well, in a funny way, if David Moyes had stayed, we... we yeah, you may well have done, yeah. Uh, might have well have had him because you, he, um, you know, certainly seems to, you know, not offer much uh, different from Fornals. Perhaps doesn't have the pace of Anderson, but I'm not sure Anderson has the pace of Anderson. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, it was, it was a good yeah. um, loanee. And he was he was sort of on a good trajectory, wasn't he? He was get he he did take a couple yeah. of games that little bit. Yeah. Of course, he played alongside Arnautovic, and I think uh, Jean Mario recognised that he was playing in the company of uh, a, a very good footballer, and they started yeah. to develop a bit of a relationship, didn't they? Mm. Yeah. But no, that's but a really good call. My final choice was Rigobert Song. Not Rigobert Song, sorry, the other song. I didn't take your first answer, Jim. <laughs> it's official, Jim Grant has gone mad. <laughs> He's entered into an anti-Liverpool and an anti-Scottish <laughs> paddy. No, I'm very, I do apologise. Uh, it's, it's gone all Brexity, <laughs> and he also thinks Rigobert. So, have you gone full Killington on a uh, N rather than G? Have you Jim Grant, please, please take a deep, take a deep breath and start that sentence again. No, no, the other song. It was is my pick. Alex Song. Uh, I thought yeah. about him when oh, I. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was when great for us. Question, Sorry? When I posed this question, both of those players entered my mind, Jao Mario and Alex Song. Mm. Song had some really great performances, um, getting was... right up in um, 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 Yaya Toure's face against Manchester City was one mm. of his finest performances. He was a little quiet in some games. His extraordinary shorts... Imperious in others, though, wasn't he? Just, yeah. you know, you couldn't get the ball off him. He just seemed to have so much time, uh, you know. And he, he, he would both break play up and get, you know, put his foot in, but also from deep was 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 one of the more creative players I've watched. I think. Yeah, Picking I mean that was here. a good team, wasn't it? In a yeah. way, that that, all, that team also the because that's obviously the 2016 seventh place finish last season at uh, the Bolin uh, team and 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 someone that occurred to me from that lineup who was a loner um, uh, was of course the um, um, uh, the Arsenal right back that we had Jenkinson Carl Jenkinson yeah yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, that yeah. was a, I mean in a way sometimes. Uh, the you know a loner you know they come to the end of their spell and you're basically going you know we we should just hire someone else permanently mm. in that position it's fine um, but you know he was instrumental the both fullbacks were quick and got forward and put crosses in and um, uh, we had people you know who could get on the end of those crosses Sacco for example and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know I think. Um, yeah, the, the, you know, both of those loners, Song and uh, Jenkinson, really helped uh, us to be, you know, the team we were that season because in the centre of the park you had a full-firing Lanzini and uh, Dimitri Payet. Um, yeah. I tell you one loner that, I mean, I, in a way you, you... I think we were... We were questioning not 
signing him permanently. But Hanu Tiernan. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't play too badly, did he? He was really good. And it was after we'd sold Rio, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, I'm wrong about that. You know, it was, we had a centre-back problem. Uh, we had a centre-back problem and he came in and was really good. And I think his Scandinavian club wanted sort of five million or something, which was quite a bit of money in those days. But we wouldn't give it to them. And mm. we should have done. I think he, he might have been after Billich. Yeah, so we still had Reaper. He had an extraordinary great game in that FA Cup tie at Man United, didn't he? When Di Canio scored the, the Bartes wave game. He played yeah. in the game and was just titanic, I think. Yeah, he was really good. And I really regretted letting him go because I thought, you know, we've been sort of messing around since we sold Rio. And, mm. uh, you know, and, and here's someone who seems to know what he's doing and we're going to let him go too. You know, yeah, good chance. Yeah, I, he was someone that I thought was a was a really good loanee for us. Well, and then there were those ones that sort of you know were loanees, uh, Herita Ilunga, um, and then we signed them, and then they turned to shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Porfirio was he was he on loan? He was decent. Yeah. Though. Yeah, he was on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He stayed in the UK, didn't he? He went to Nottingham Forest, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Scored the... Uh, had never seen snow. The goal he in the snow. Seen, the orange scored the goal in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's the first time he'd seen snow. Yeah. All right, my, my, uh, my other question to you is, um, yes. which was our best kit? Which was our best kit? What, what do you reckon, Jim? It's a tough one for me, this, because um, it sounds almost asinine, that's a good word for this time of night, uh, to suggest mm-hmm. a kit that hasn't got the claret and blue on it. But that 1980 FA Cup final kit, which, of course, was based on the, the white kit we had when we were on that cup running 75, it's just got so many special memories around it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you were, if you were pushing me for uh, the proper home kit, I'd probably say the last season at uh, the bowling, the, the Umbro kit, Based yeah, on the old uh, the old design, but for for a kit that that means a lot to me, that that white kit, it's just got so many good memories attached to it. Frank Lampard at Ellen Rhodes, um, even the seventy five semi final, the replay against Ipswich, um, and Alan Taylor plastered in mud, beating Arsenal two yeah. 0 at Highbury. It's just got so many good memories around it, which is not something you can say about too many West Ham kits. Oh, no, no. So, I think- I've I think that's a very good call. I've got a, a fondness. I've got a fondness for that. That obviously the the light blue kit with the two claret red stripes, which was the first away kit when I was an absolute nipper. Um, yeah. You know, I mentioned Clyde Best before, but I always associate that kit with the likes of Clyde Best and yeah, me too. Even Harry Harry Redknapp as well. You know, see yeah. Harry Redknapp in that yeah. kit belting down the wing. Yeah. 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 Um, as you, you, well, you might not be surprised to know that I am a deep, deep traditionalist when it comes to kits. So for me, uh, the old, once the older you go, the better, really. Um, uh, I, I have to say, probably if I were, if I was to push, I, I'd say the 1970s, the Clyde Best kit, both those, the away and the and the home shirt with no badge on it, no advertising, mm. 
just the cat mm. with the hoops, little hoops around the neck. Um, uh, that for me is uh, is is the one yeah. that I kind of grew up with, really. Um, but I actually also like, I've got a retro shirt, which is the kind of nineteen forties, early fifties kit with a collar, like a hockey, like an old sort of old school hockey shirt used to be, uh, yeah. with, with a with a with just the crossed hammers badge on it. Um, and I really like that shirt. I would have loved to see. I never saw them play in that kit, but it's been, you know, mm. players like Noel Campwell and, you know, uh, Malcolm Allison and, uh, you know, that, 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 that first lot of, of the, some of the academy used to play in that kit. And I would have loved yeah. to seen, you know, Phil yeah. people like that. Yes. I feel the same way. Yeah. I think that you're right. That, that white kit, oddly, it's about our most away as uh, as most an away kit as you could possibly think of, the kind of all white kit. Yeah. In fact, all white kit this season's quite good, I think. It's sort of, it's yeah, not yeah. You know, it's unfussy and just sort of white, you know. And, um, uh, but yes, yeah, there are so, so many great memories associated with that kit, aren't there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, just aesthetically, I was very fond of that kit we only really saw once, which was the Buck to Argentina away kit. Yeah, white, blue, and vertical white stripes was like a very sort of pleasing. We saw for a very short amount of time. I seem to remember Sam Small scoring a couple of goals wearing that away at places like Luton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Small, era. yeah, not Sam Small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the era, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yes, excellent, gentlemen. You have two of these questions as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Do you want? <laughs> Are you going to fire away, Jim? Do you want me to go? Yeah, okay. So my, my question were, was, was one, uh, what was your best ever away day with the club? And, uh-huh. and my second question was, what, what, what was the player that you, that you were most upset, you were most gutted when you heard they'd been sold? Um, away day first. Away, away days first, Jim? Or shall I go? I'll go. Um, the... Um, I mean, they're two, and they're both they're both quite recent. But there was this, uh, there was a, you know, uh, uh, in the championship under Sam Allardyce, Jim, you and I went to um, uh, yeah. Barnsley away, and uh, we went to a lot of away games where we won, we won four nil, and uh, came into a town and just crushed their football team and came home, and um, that was a fantastic. It was. <laughs> fantastic. It really was. We went and uh, played poker. We stayed at Rob Chapman's in uh, Penniston on the uh, fringes of the uh, Peak District. Then we went to the game the next day. uh, And um, we swept them aside 4-0. They came out onto the pitch and that was, you know, we won 14 away games that season. And uh, we saw quite a lot of those games. And... um, you know, there's 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 no overstating the importance of uh, um, Kevin Nolan in that in that championship team. He just walked out onto the pitch with his Roy of the Rovers sort of neatly parted hair uh, and uh, with a ball held at his thigh like a footballer from the 50s and just stared at the away support. And because he was often the only player that you know, championship teams, fans recognised he was booed, which he just soaked up like a lightning rod and uh, just gazed at all four corners of the ground with this aggressive glare going, we're going to crush you now. 
And um, we did. We did beat them 4-0. And it was such a procession that the fans were uh, singing Robert Green songs, trying to get Robert Green to wave uh, constantly. <laughs> despite the fact it was, it was great. great. There was uh, there were a couple of really good things that I can remember from that from that you know being a fan. There must have been about seven thousand West Ham there. It was it was like yeah. It was like a home game. They end at Oakwell, and um, there was uh, the, we're, we're all del- we're all deluded and we talk bollocks. Was a was a yes. Was repeated over and over again. Uh, we also the the piss take of their mascot. What the f- yes the f- yes. What the uh, fucking hell are you? What the fucking hell are you? And uh, also our con- wasn't there a bit, a bit of a conga competition or something? Yeah, um, the the Barnsley team took their defeat in in good yeah. grace, so began a conga, um, and then the West Ham fans did a conga and uh, and said our conga's better than yours. <laughs> they wouldn't even they wouldn't even let the Barnsley fans kind of, sort of generously admit defeat. <laughs> they just continued to sort of bully them. Um, they were go- they were going Winston, Winston, give us a wave, Winston, give us a wave, whilst Winston had the ball or was tackling. <laughs> they tried to start putting Winston Reed off during the game by saying Winston, Winston, give us a wave as the ball was coming into him. It was just the most kind of um, mischievous away fan. You know the barracking the the barracking the Barnsley fans umpire uh, um, mascot um, all of that stuff, but it was in it was all in very good spirit. It wasn't horrible at all. It was a great away game. Um, yeah, yeah. Mickey I mean, Mayfield. that would be one of them. Then the, the sorry, the Palace away uh, again under Allardyce, but back in the Premiership oh, where um, Zarati ran the show. Uh, despite the team selection from Allardyce. Uh, uh, We beat them 3-1 and um, played in the most un-Allardycean way, uh, probably defying all of the manager's instructions and playing this exuberant football. We beat Palace 3-1 and then Allardyce attempted to dismantle that football throughout the rest (laughs) of the season. Yeah, yeah. Good shouts, both of them. It's um, funny because while you've just been talking there, I was just thinking over, mulling over the two that I'd got in mind and realised that we were wearing white shirts in both of them, which is probably just reinforced what I was saying about white kits. But the first one is uh, a little journey back in time. 1985-86, I only missed one game that season as a fan. And uh, Stamford Bridge, away to uh, Chelsea. Oh, um, where we'd, we'd shared a similar history to Chelsea, you know, with similar sort of FA Cup wins and seemed to get relegated at roughly the same time and come back up. And I think we were like sixth and they were seventh at the time of the table. And we annihilated them. I'd, before the game, it was the, the atmosphere as it always is around there or used to be, especially in the 80s, was a bit leery. Um, yeah. I remember in the pub, there was not much talk going on. People were like eyeing each other up and then going into the game to, to go one nil up that goal from Man and Devonshire was, was amazing enough but to then rip them apart it should have been five or six I think Jeff Pike missed one that he would normally tuck away um, to win four nil at Stamford Bridge and just yeah. blew them away they didn't get a kick it was the most no. amazing feeling I'm just I, I can feel all the excitement coming back now just while I'm talking yeah. about it. and yeah. afterwards I was 
people hanging around the streets and going potty. And all I could think about was I had to remember the name of every single Chelsea fan that I knew and make sure that I'd spoken to them all within the next 24 <laughs> hours. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. So as a fan, that was that was just the, yeah. That know, would be, I yeah. still now I just go on about that yeah. match. Matt um, Avenny fire on fire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Cotty got well, a couple um, as well. Um, uh, Georgie Paris was... first goal was fantastic in that yeah. game. Curler yeah. from a distance. Curl, yeah. Curling about 25 yards into the top corner. Yeah, uh, just, just everything just, was... Just the total football. Just it was. Them. The goal, there's the goal where Paris goes flying down the, the left yeah. wing and cuts it back. Mm. Uh, I think it might be that's for, for, might have been for Cotty, that one. Yeah. It was fantastic, yeah. It was brilliant. I, I do remember on the day, sort of, Cotty teed up McAvenny who volleyed it in, and then Cotty uh, admitted about five years later that he'd taken a shot and completely sliced it. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, why. Yeah. That's why it bounced in front of McAvenny to score. Well, the second yeah. game was was I was there in a professional capacity. I was there, I was representing the Sunday Times at the time, albeit it was a midweek game, and it was the last game at Highbury um, when we won three two two thousand and six. Yeah, which I didn't again. Did you not? Yeah. It was just. I mean, from telly, but yeah, from a professional point of view, I knew it was going to be the last time I'd be in the Highbury press box. Yeah, um, and I only live a twenty-minute walk away at the time. I only live twenty-minute walk away from the ground anyway. Um, but the whole game, we just we completely stunned them. Sol Campbell was taken off at half time. Yeah, um, yeah. And although they did have a bit of a late rally, you know, we, we still we just knocked them out of sight and. And I just think Arsenal, the supporters, the players were stunned. And sitting down at the press conference afterwards, I was in the front row and I got to ask Arsene Wenger about Sol Campbell going home at half-time. And he, he said he claimed he didn't know that Campbell had left the stadium. And then Alan Partey came out and I have to admit, I got a bit jingoistic. I was like, great result for the lads, Alan. <laughs> but then afterwards, I was walking home. It was about quarter past ten. And I was walking past the Arsenal pubs the Arsenal Tavern and everything, packed full of Arsenal fans all drowning their sorrows. And I was just, I'd, I'd never been happier. <laughs> just never. And I also, it, it came to me as well, I realised what a privilege it is to do the job I've done over the years because I got to yeah. watch that game. I then got to sit and talk to both managers after the game and then walk home. I just yeah, like, yeah. It, it can't get much better than this. Um, yeah, so that yeah. that's very much um, uh, close to my heart that night as well. Yeah, right. yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yes. Uh, well, what was the other one, Jim? Uh, yeah. Who, 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 oh, players that we were upset yeah, about when yeah. they left. Yeah. Well, Jeff Hurst made me cry. Yeah. He was my first West Ham hero. and I've never forgotten seeing in Mum's paper a headline, Hurst, I want to leave West Ham. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I have told him subsequently. I got a chance to interview him a few years back. And he did say to me, he said it was the worst decision he ever made in football. He said he was he was annoyed at the time that you know Bobby Moore was then pushed out and they'd let Peters go a couple of years previously, and he didn't feel that they'd built on the success of '66, and yeah. uh, and, and he well, wasn't being true. looked after. Pardon? That's true. They yeah, yeah, yeah. That's '66. Um, but he, he feels he could have stuck around a bit more. He's, he said he got. He obviously, he had no problem with the with the fans or the or the club or the, the his teammates. It was the uh, it was the setup there. It was the uh, the powers that be that upset him. Yeah. And, uh, and he, they kind of were at loggerheads. And he said, "Well, sod it, I'm off." Yeah. But yeah, so that 
as a kid, that was the one that really got me. Um, yes. no, as good. a fan in later years, seeing Rio Ferdinand go yeah. was a kind of a, a signal that, okay, we're not going to keep the best young talent that we've got coming through. And Lampard followed yeah. in the summer as well. So that was a particularly rough period for getting rid of the youngsters. And, and I think Craig Bellamy, I was upset when he left. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. it had it had such a good. I think Everton actually left the same month. That had yeah. yeah, it had such a good influence in his eighteen months with us. It's got seven or eight goals in twenty odd appearances, and he's just a quality player. Yeah, he might have had his, it might have had his temperamental uh, side off the pitch, but on the pitch he was so committed. Just, but I think we mentioned before seeing him play Mark Noble's testimonial recently. He was still he was trying to win, <laughs> trying to score. Yeah. And, you know, I just I loved him at West Ham, but yeah. You know, I, if I had to name the one, it would be Jeff first because it was the yeah. first real upset in my in my supporting career. Yeah. Yes, yeah. For me, it's yeah. it's 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 you know, in the last sort of twenty years, it's this thing about kind of you know financial necessity means that these players leave the club. So in, mm-hmm. even. Even from Rio onwards, you sort of go, you're, you know, you're upset, but you sort of understand it. And, and I mean, you know, reluctantly, it's a shame that you, you're you pushed into the position where you sort of understand what's happening in them. Because I feel exactly the same about Rio, Bellamy, Everington. Um, they, they were just the one that I think was in a way the last straw that's that broke the camel's back in that respect was, and again, it was because we didn't stay up. It was like, you know, feeling um, sad about, you know, Joe Cole and Paolo Di Canio going mm. and, and Carrick a season later. You know, we've mm. been relegated, so what else do you expect to happen? These are Premier yeah. League players, and we're going to be ch- in the Championship. So, oh, so yeah. and this was this is the same, but Demba Bar, you know. Yeah, exactly the same, isn't it? Demba yeah. Bar, uh, you know, I love that guy, and he played in you know this sort of quite atrocious season. But in the second half of that season, you thought he might make the difference, and in fact, you know, he did make the difference. He certainly well, did his part in trying to keep us up. And I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure he scored seven goals in eleven games, Phil, because it, it was he did, amazing. Yeah. And it, you see, that's what's worried me about this season, like that horrendous prospect of going down and you lose some of these players that you brought into the squad. Um, it takes time to get that kind of playing. But as you say, Absolutely. Denver Barb was brought in as a sort of, help, we need help. And and he was yeah. providing that help, but it just wasn't enough. Um, and, you know, and he went on obviously to Newcastle and Chelsea and, and he was banging in goals wherever he went. And we'd unearthed this player that no one had ever heard of. How, how right, yeah. rare is that for us? To yeah, yeah. produce this yeah. this diamond from the rough, so to speak, and and no sooner had we got him than he'd gone again. Yeah. Yes, that's right. He was he he genuinely was um, he was exciting and fun, Dembabar, wasn't he? He was mm. like he could really play and was you know had an element of uh, unpredictability about him and looked like he was making it up, but <laughs> not but. Slightly more than Paolo Wanchop. Like Paolo Wanchop, but with better technique. And, you know, I think his first goal might have been a header. And both of us turned to each other, Jim, and went, ooh, he meant that. You know, it wasn't speculative. (laughs) It wasn't speculative. He kind of, like, just thumped into the corner with his head, you know. And you went, oh, God, this guy, uh, right, he seems to know what he's doing, you know. It's not contrast with Carlton Cole, who never really (laughs) ran any of headers were going 
No, no, no. Uh, yeah, and Bar, you know, and, um, you know, heading the ball was just a small part of his game. But the first, I think it was the first goal he scored for us was a header and he looked like he meant it. And you went, oh, God, this guy might actually be a striker and a real one, you know. Mm. Uh, was it the uh, one against Liverpool at home? Could have been. First goal? Yeah, it might have been. I mean, it was in that caveat. little rally. The time, you know, yeah. we we had that. We beat Stoke and Liverpool, didn't we? And um, thought we may well stay up. Yeah, well, they uh, thought we were going to stay up at that time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it all sort of fell away again, didn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so it just symbolically, Demba Bar, I felt. Yeah, uh, that's you know, I'm I'm fed up of you know. We lost Decanio, we lost Cole, we lost all these players by, you know, actively fucking up and then yeah. by the Icelandic economy collapsing. And, you know, these yeah. these factors made us lose, you know, Bellamy, Parker, Etherington, before yeah. that, Cole, Decanio, Carrick. Uh, well, that relegation, I mean, Glenn Johnson was out the Glenn door Johnson. soon. And yeah. I, I was yeah. thinking, you know, he'd come in the second half of that season and amazing for a young player. And I thought, well, at least, okay, we've gone down, but we've got the youngsters like Glenn Johnson that will get us through this. Yeah, and bang, yeah. He went off to Chelsea. And, of course, Defoe did his best to uh, try and get himself booked out by being <laughs> yeah. sent off 14 times in two games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. My... Yeah. my just, just, just to chip in, my uh, t- two of my saddest losses, uh, I suppose, were uh, both Israeli. Um, uh, ben Ayun and Berkovich. Went yes. and, and when Ben Ayun went. Yeah. I just loved watching them play, both of them. Mm. Yeah, loved, both tremendous I just players. loved everything about their, you know, the technique, the kind of the, 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 their unpredictability, very pure footballing players that I've always enjoyed. What I've always enjoyed watching those really pure footballers play for us, like Payet yeah. and like Liam Brady and, and, you know, and obviously Brooking and Devonshire, you know, yeah. and those that I, I really enjoy. And my, and my final one's really just quirky because objectively it probably wasn't a bad decision. That's when we went up um, to the Premier League for the first time and um, they sold, and we'd played such, such really exciting football in that championship season with the wingers and they sold yeah. both uh, Keane and Robson. And replaced yes. them with Dale Gordon. Uh, yeah. That, that, oh yeah, Disco Dale. Yeah. Losing Keane, that was just, I felt he could have been a one club man. And mm. uh, I, I yeah, just, yeah, I was I, I was sad when he went. We mm. dismantled that team, didn't we? We just yeah. sold too many of the players. You kind of yeah. you know. Um, they thought bon- Butler Butler had come in to replace. Yeah. Uh, you know, or or job share with Martin Allen, uh, and it felt like we sort of. I can't remember if we lost them both, but I think we might have sold. Butler played in that first season in the um, Premier League, I think. Right. Our first season, yeah, I'm sure he did. But, uh, yeah, Keane and Robson was uh, a bridge too far. We t- we sort of dismantled the shape of that team. Yeah, they thought they weren't going to be physical enough for the Premier League, didn't they, in spite of the mm. fact that Keane had you know, played most of his West Ham games in the in the top flight. A bit weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey ho, hey ho! Um, have, we, have we got time for me to chat to you, Phil, or are we getting on a bit? What's how yeah, do you think we're doing? I wonder when maybe we should do these next week. Let's yeah, just, we could pick do, up the bat next week. Pick it up next week. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think that's uh, rather than rush them. Uh, well, I don't, why don't we say what they are, Jim, and let people 
um, Fair so enough. You know, answer Good that. idea. Jim, okay. as, always, <laughs> as always, you're on the ball, yeah. on the money. Okay. I mean, I like this new organised Jim with an organised <laughs> mind like this. I don't like the... I don't like the the, the racial slurs that come anti Scottish, the anti Scottish, <laughs> anti Liverpudlian <laughs> that, that isolation has produced. Um, there's the film uh, Altered States, the Ken Russell film, where um, uh, someone, uh, William Hurt, is put in an isolation tank and uh, becomes a kind of monster. Um, <laughs> Uh, if you've got Netflix and Altered States is on Netflix, you should try and watch Altered States. It's quite odd. It's about someone who's who's isolated and becomes uh, literally a monster. And I think this might be happening to you, Jim. But okay. <laughs> at the same time, you're becoming much organ more much more organised. Thought, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's because you're planning something, some kind of revolution once this virus is over. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's a good uh, that's a good call, Jim. To, yes, uh, yeah. to uh, um, let's hear them. And then, so, yes, with, so yes, so if you have any, um, uh, well, well, I haven't said what they are yet, Phil. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would help perhaps if we told the listeners what I was thinking no, first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's no, quite good no, point, Jim. Call me a call me a bluff traditionalist, but let's yeah, get the questions well, out there. No, that's um, a good point. Without any sort of hints or clues or pushing people in any direction, first one, um, what's the best fan chant about a player that we've Uh had over the years? So, favourite stroke best fan chant about a player over the years? Obviously, something with it. Well, I was going to say I wouldn't wouldn't steer anyone in any direction, didn't Uh I? I won't say any more than that. Um, And the second one, (laughs) this this is a very wide-ranging topic, most embarrassing defeat. What's the one that had you leaving the ground thinking, I've seriously had enough? <laughs> or or maybe, I've not had enough, I know I'm coming back, but I just want to close the door when I get home and not come out for a week. So, Very good. Most embarrassing Very defeat. Good question, that. Yeah. So, um, so listeners to this podcast, if you're aware of the Facebook page that uh, sort of accompanies uh, Stop Hammer Time, this podcast, uh, perhaps um, we could have that discussion in 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 the week and uh, steal our thunder from when we do it uh, next Monday. Um, I assume next Monday, if we're not all dead, uh, but uh, <laughs> next Monday. Um, well, you know, I mean. It might take a bit longer to be dead. I mean, it might sound a bit wheezy, but I shouldn't think we'll be dead by then. (laughs) No, no, Jim, it's a killer. It's a killer. (laughs) Haven't you seen the internet? We may all be dead by next Monday. And I say that in all, all seriousness. One of us will be dead. I guarantee one of us will be dead (laughs) by next Monday. I, I pledge that one of us will be dead by next Monday. This is the um, this is the equivalent of match predictions. Is which of us killed coronavirus by next Monday? Um, God, this is a funny doing this. I mean, I, I'm just staring at a computer screen with our initials on it. Uh, this is a very funny way to do this. But actually, yeah. you know, once you, if you sort of lean into it, it's all right in a way, isn't it? Uh, but you know, I prefer meeting face to face. But uh, uh, yeah, so so good, good. Um, so yes, those uh, two questions are uh, most embarrassing, most humiliating, most soul destroying defeat, and uh, best song about a player. Excellent. And uh, yeah, so uh, you know, chip in on the Facebook page that'd be great. And um, I think that's it for this week's uh, Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Whelans. With me have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. 
and Jim Monroe. Thanks for having me, people. Cheers, Jim. Come on, you irons. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.